Many people say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But what if your finish is projected by your start? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Heard You Radio, the podcast. I am so happy to have you guys tuning back in for another week with little old me. I told you guys that this family structure series was necessary to talk about, not only because it's something that I'm really passionate about and I'm definitely an advocate for breaking generational curses, but it's also topics that we may shy away from in casual conversation. I really want to start getting feedback from my listeners about what I'm saying. Hit me up in my DMs, drop a comment. Just let me know how you feel about the content. Is it good? Bad? Are you indifferent? I mean, just let me know. I can take it. Let's start utilizing feedback. I need feedback on this episode and I need feedback on past episodes. Last episode, we discussed the traumatic effects of being told what happens in this house stays in this house and the lasting effects it has on us to not be able to speak out or get the help we really need when unhealthy events happen in our homes. This week, we're going to talk about being products of our environment. How many times has someone said that or suggested that you were a product of your environment? And I am super, super excited because I have my very first guest with me, and it's your boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L-O-A-A, man. How y'all people doing? And he is here today to talk about the stigma of being a product of your environment, where he came from, what his streets look like, how it molded and shaped him to who he is today. So can you just let the people know where you from? Hey, man, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, Como, Texas, to be exact. Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, if y'all know a little bit about Dallas, we right to, I'm from Fort Worth, though. Just let you know. And if you could tell anybody anything that they would have to know about Dallas, Texas, what would it be? Dallas, I cannot speak on, so let me go ahead and drop that out there right now. Okay. Dallas and Fort Worth are two different places, but uh, a lot of people around the world don't understand, you know, DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth, we really split up. Uh, so Dallas, I can't talk about, but Fort Worth, I can tell you a lot about. So tell me one thing you know about your environment that you think that everybody should know about your environment. Um, like in my area? Yeah. Of where I'm from? Um, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot to talk about. Uh, but we're going to speak on, uh, it's a lot of gang activity, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Uh, in my environment, that's what it really is. Fort Worth is a lot of, uh, it's a lot of gang banging and things of that nature. Violence, guns, all that good shit. So growing up as a kid and in that environment, what was the most influential thing you had in your neighborhood? Um, like the, 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 the cats with the money, the cars, the women, things of that nature. Like uh, dudes like that, guys like that. Money, street. Street things. So would you say that seeing the guys with the money, the cars, the girls, all of that kind of shaped you to in growing up in your neighborhood? Absolutely, for sure. It made a big impact on my life and the way that I think. And uh, my, moral, uh, my morals and values, things of that nature. So can you tell me, in a lack of better terms, I know you know, can't really speak on everything, but can you tell me why you would have chosen becoming a gang member or being involved in a gang? Um, 
just the the power, the respect that you think you had, you're gonna have, that you see certain people get. Um, and it's kind of like our culture. It's like really our culture growing up. Like when you come up and you jump off the porch, you know, you got older cousins, older siblings that you see, you know, doing certain things that um, as a kid, it interests you, you know? So you start to ask more questions and shit you, you know, you out there and, you know, getting your hands dirty and dibbling and dabbling and shit and picking shit up. So uh, over time, it just becomes who you are, in a sense. So can you explain to us who are not from Texas, not from the South, what jump off the porch mean? Because I'm like, jump <laughs> off the porch, you know. <laughs> I never jumped off my porch. I'm about to walk down the steps. So just explain to us what that means so we can get a better picture of what exactly you're trying to say to us. Uh, jumping off the porch, um, getting, getting involved in things. Like, you know, starting to do shit. You know, you, you're getting off the porch. You're jumping off the porch. You're going to start doing shit, getting your hands dirty and get involved in a lot of negligent things like that. At what age do you think a young person from your neighborhood would have wanted to be an active member in a gang? At what age? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that should be starting young uh, from what I can see now. Um, I wasn't raised to... I wasn't... I can speak for that for myself. I wasn't raised like my mama wasn't. My dad wasn't teaching me to throw up, you know, gang signs and things of that nature, shit like that. But... Uh, like, growing up, you see shit like uh, young dudes, they be four, five, you know, throwing up signs. It's, uh, like I said, it's, it's like a, it's a part of the culture, in a sense, where I'm from. So in my neighborhood, in Como, Texas, like, that's what you're going to see most of the time. Young kids, four, five, you know, throwing up crib or, you know, shit like that. And their parents are okay with it, uh, encouraging it, in a sense. Do you believe in encouraging kids at a young age to take the gang activity route? Or do you think that sometimes people don't have a choice as they get older? You know, I know young teens from where I'm from. I'm from Inglewood, California. And you kind of realize after a certain age, it's like either I'm going to join this gang so I can have safety and I can have somebody that's going to cover me. Or I can get beat up every single day. I can have threats over my life versus what you're saying is, you know, three, four, five-year-olds being kind of groomed into it. Some people just didn't have a choice. So what do you feel? Well, I, I believe that everybody has a choice, no matter what uh, the circumstances is. It, um, we have a certain thing in our life that has a greater influence on us, but we all have a choice. Uh, but, you know, like, so for instance, so a lot of people don't understand that sometimes, you know, when you're living that lifestyle, you're, um, you're that great influence in that child's life or that kid's life that's coming up, right? You're showing them these things, you know, uh, gang signs and, uh, and what color to like and what color not to like. Uh, at that time, you know, a lot of us in the streets are really, um, I'm not going to say we're unintelligent, but we're not, uh, what's that we're not cognizant of the things that we're showing these kids. We're not really, we're not understanding what we're showing them, you know, because that's how we do. That's how we know. Mm -hmm. That's how we used to. Um, it's not right, but in your life, if that's what, that's the way you're living, you're going to teach your child what you're living. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do believe that the kids do have a choice. 
because um, you could try to, you can, it's like anything else in life. A motherfucker could try to make you do anything they want you to do. You gonna do this, you gonna do that. Your mama probably wanted you to be a goddamn doctor, and that's what you gonna do, mm-hmm. and that's what you gonna do, but True. you're not. Right. You see what I'm saying? You got yeah. a choice. You're gonna make your own decision eventually in your life. You know what I'm saying? And you're gonna do the things you need to do to get, you know, to get where you're trying to go and not where somebody else trying to get you to go. You know what I'm saying? So I hear you. So I, who have grown to know you, um, can understand that you are a very faith-filled individual. Correct. Though you have made decisions in your life that made you gang-related, you still believe in the most high. Correct. And so for the people who maybe their parents weren't as active, right? But grandma made sure every Sunday there was a Sunday service, Sunday school. They had to sit in, you know, had to sit in and all of that, right? But when they left church, they still chose a particular route. They still chose to be involved in what they saw versus what was maybe being taught to them. So what could be the difference in that? So what people well I so how it was for me in the church like the church man they not they not out there on um they not out there in them streets with you every day and uh going through the same things you're going through, you know, going through. You know, a lot of these people pull up in fancy cars and um, you know, living in these nice ass houses out the way while we stuck in this neighborhood, um and stuck with uh bullshit every day. We got we gotta go through shit. Daily, and um, that's not their fault. It's not, but at the same time, you know, you can go to church and do it. Like my granny used to make us go to church, and we're gonna be there. And if your ass talk, <laughs> get up. Right. Ain't got a line. Right. You gonna see her at the church with that little bag of the piece of that fan. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you gonna meet her, but uh, it didn't stop. It didn't stop shit because church is on Sunday and Wednesday. Every um, other day we out to you know. Okay. Uh, so we got to find our way, and we not understanding the power uh, that we had in us through church, through Christ, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, shit, I believe in it, but I also believe you got to keep something else with you, too, where you at. You okay. You can't stop these demons into <laughs> this because it's real live demons around that motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's kind of how I look at it when it came to the church and the streets. Um Yes, God has the power to uh, control everything. But shit, man, you don't be feeling that shit sometimes. <laughs> Where you at, Jesus? I feel you. You know, I and that's respect. I can respect that because you know, a lot of young people feel like you know, I go to church and I'm this way, and much to what you just said. But, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I'm at school and I go to school with the Crosstowns and, you know, so I can understand it. And, you know, Wednesday, I'm back at Bible uh, Sunday school, Bible school. And, you know, after Bible school, I still get dropped off back at the community where I got to cross certain paths to get back home. And I can completely understand that. So at what point in your life did you decide I can appreciate what shaped and molded me, but I want better for myself. Cool. Um, when I, at what age? Age, at what point in life? Was it like a light bulb went off? You know, some people be like, it was a light, it hit me. Or was it just like an age? Was it an experience? Um, on some real shit, it, uh, Probably I would have to say when I had my daughter. A uh, couple 40 and I didn't see shit for me. Um, and if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't see shit for me. 
Um, but you got another life that you got to take care of and somebody that is depending on you. And they didn't ask to be here. Mm -hmm. So now you have to make the conscious decision uh, on which route you want to take to make sure that that individual is taken care of. So I say about 20, I think I was like 20, 23 when I made the decision, like I want to, I want to do something and I start looking. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I was 24, turning 25, uh, I think, yeah, I was about 24, turning 25, I ended up joining the, uh, the military. I went to the army, so. And so you said about 23, but you didn't actively join until about 25. Yeah, 25. So in that two-year span, right, when you're like, I want better for myself, I can see better for myself. Yeah. I know there was people, places, things that was like, why do you want to change? You know, why? What, what's different? Why, what's going to change? Ain't nothing different. You know, we, you, you this, you that. What still made you say, nah, I need to go ahead and continue to push? I know you said your daughter, but sometimes, you know, people can have the thought process like, this baby don't understand right from wrong, weak, strong. As long as they have everything that they need, how I provided for them right. would make a difference. All right, so, damn, this is a good one. So, the biggest battle I had to ever fight when it came to that was myself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if uh, you ever seen Paid in Full, but it's like, you know, after uh, AZ got shot, he was like, you know, if I leave the game, will they, uh, will they miss me? That was my biggest fear. That, uh, honest to God, true. My biggest fear was if I leave the hood, if I leave my environment, the, the people that know me is who I am, will they change on me? Will, will I be forgotten about or will I become just another, ah, that nigga, you know, that nigga's a hoe, that nigga a cow, you know, left the hood, we, we, we still... You know, that was one of my biggest fears. And uh, so first it was myself. And I I, I started to renege on that shit. Like, nah, fuck this. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to just stay where I'm at. Uh, and also, what, what gave me the boost, that gave me the boost for real, my auntie told me, like, like maybe a, a week before I got ready to uh, shoot off to basic training, she was like, <laughs> she's like, nigga, you ain't going to make it. Mm -hmm. You too fucked up. Like, mm -hmm. Right, they told me that to my face. She told me that to my face, so I respect her. Motherfucker, she a mean ass motherfucker, too. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you ain't gonna make it, nigga. <laughs> she told me, so when she told me that, I'm like, all right, this bitch got me fucked up. Straight up. Mm -hmm. I said that to myself, so I bet. And ever since, the reason why I'm still in, I'm um, going on four, is because she, that motherfucker say that, and every time I'm about ready to give up, I'm like, shit, this bitch got me fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. But yeah, that's, so that, that, that's, what, uh, that's what it was. Okay. And so being in the street life and then coming into this, eh, as structured the as the... <laughs> shit, <laughs> you know, as, you know, the military like to say the most structured, um, power, power yeah. trick, you, you know, you, uh, you, you know where I was going yes, without going there. Yes, um... What has been one of the hardest things for you in a very active street life with a, a reputation for not, you know, a no nonsense, you're not going to disrespect me type of environment to now this environment where rank kind of trumps everything. everything. So despite if I'm disrespecting, you got to take this disrespect. What have you had to do personally to kind of like bite the bullet 
hearing, you know, voices saying you're not going to make it, people expecting you to have come back, you know, not come this far. And it's like, what are you personally grooming within yourself to fight that and continue to be better? Number one. <laughs> number one, for sure, for sure, Christ. It's, and number one, you got to pray uh, fucking with these people, these folk out here. Uh, that's number one. Um, number two, you... You know, you you cry on the I cry on the inside a lot, uh, dealing with it because it, it that's a big transition, man. A lot of these folk here is uh, power tripping ass people. Uh, you know, pro- we people say it all the time, like, oh, this motherfucker must be bullied or got bullied in his lifetime. That shit is real. You you deal with a lot of know it alls. You deal with a lot of liars. This motherfucker, this motherfucker here. Ain't got no real, it ain't too many solid individuals. Um, so it was a it was a big fucking transition. This shit was hard to deal with it. You know, how, how I grew up, you know, motherfucker play with you, you definitely, you definitely lay loud. This motherfucker, man, lie if you want to. <laughs> yeah, go on the living word. <laughs> okay, I can respect it and I can understand it. Yeah. So if you had to tell a young person who was looking for an out or a light or some inspiration to not kind of follow the crowd, what would you tell them? When I was growing up, right, uh, when I was a kid, kid, right, uh, I had this understanding because, like I said, you grew up in this culture of gang, uh, infested and shit like that. And you eventually, um, you, you... So my neighborhood, you're going to see a crowd. It's a lot of street niggas, but you're going to see a different crowd of street niggas over here and a different crowd of street niggas over there, right? And uh, you're going to look at the, the niggas that you feel like the toughest. And you're going to want to follow them. So your ass going to jump off this porch. You're going mean, to get your ass up. You're going to go over there and start fucking with these folks. And they really ain't got no uh, loyalty to you or nothing like that. They're going to use you, uh, misuse you and abuse you and just treat y'all bad and shit because you're trying to fit in with them. Uh, what I learned, what I learned um, over the years growing up, being by myself a lot, uh, thinking is that fuck trying to fit in, man. You be you. If you if you grew up in that culture and you a gang member, you know that don't mean you gotta follow everything them niggas doing. You know, do you be you? If a mother, you know, that's the bottom line to shit. Fuck fitting in. Just be who the fuck you is. And if they fuck with you, they do. If they don't, fuck them. Yeah, that's period. So we talked about, you know, giving some advice to our younger kids and generation. But what about people that's your own age who trying to make it out, who have experienced some of the things that you have experienced and just like, you know, ain't no coming back after this. You know, after you do certain things, your mindset can really mess you up. It can be your own mental like. After this, ain't no coming back from this, so I got to stay in it. Or after this circumstance or after I've done this, I owe these people. These people expect these things from me. I'm this person on this block in this hood. Right. Ain't no coming back. So, uh, with that being said, so right, I don't have a, a, a good answer. I, I'm not, I don't have a good answer for this. Let me tell you why. So, if it wasn't for the Army, right, for me making that decision, um... As soon as I did, and as possible as I did, uh, I would be in the same position. Mm-hmm. Um, when you don't know nothing else, I mean, you know you want something. You know you want the money. You know you want, 
Why firmly focused on having the money so you can have the, cause we grew up a lot of the time not having shit. So you know, you want the materialistic shit, you want to take care of your family, you want to do this, that, and the third, right? Um, but the way that we know to get there is definitely not the way um, to get it because the streets are set up for failure anyway. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of informants and all that other bullshit. The streets are set up for failure now, especially now in, in the new, in this millennium. Um, I don't have, I, I would tell, shit, if you stuck in that mind frame, because I know where I'm at. I, I say every day, like, I, I want to get out the army a lot because I don't like dealing with the bullshit. Every day I want to get out. But I know in my heart, when I get out, that's it. I don't have no other avenues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you can say, oh, well, I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to yeah. go to college and play football. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm 29. That shit ain't happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, okay. Like, uh, you know, you can say you're going to be NBA. The only thing that hood niggas got today that we work every day for, most niggas do, and a lot of them ain't good at it, but they want to is music, rap, you know, motherfuckers. Every street nigga, I walk up to any nigga instrument, I'm a rapper. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you like, fuck. Right. You know what I'm saying? They make it off for niggas that, like me that's good at it. <laughs> like, shit. Too many of you niggas trying to get your foot in the door, but um, you really don't have no avenues. You feel me? Um, so the only thing that I can tell a motherfucker is to, you know, keep God first and um, just keep pushing, man, uh, praying until something happens. That's the bottom line to it, man. I, I don't have nothing for you. I promise you, if it wasn't for me in this military um, and, and using my fucking common sense every day, like, all right, bitch, push, push. Like, every day you got to you gotta be like, all right, fuck it. Let's just get it over with. Get the day over with. Let's get to the weekend. Um, I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have shit going for myself. So, that's a yeah. So, thank you. Thank you so much for your insight. Thank you sure. for, you know, Reaching out, speaking out, being open and honest about who you are, what you believe in, what you stand for. Can you honestly say that you believe that your environment shaped you? Absolutely. 100%. Yes. For sure. So when people like to use the terminology product of your environment, right? right? It's like if you lived in the projects, your grandma lived in the projects, your mom lived in the projects, the expectation is that you're going to live in the projects. If people are gang members and, you know, all of this stuff, the expectation is that those are the same things that you're going to do. Your dad been in prison. The expectation is that you're going to go to prison. How can you be a product of your environment but not necessarily be the outcome? Does that make sense? Say that one more time. So, people like to say that we are the product of our environment, but that is not our end outcome. That is not necessarily the end-all, be-all for us because you just said you absolutely believe that your environment shaped you, molded you into the individual that you are. That's not your outcome. That's not your end-all, be-all. So what can we tell people who look at black and brown people and just like they're going to be just like such and such? Or how can we be influential to people and saying it doesn't matter what people say to you, you have you can have a different outcome. Right. Uh, again, I do believe that we uh, in, in, a, in a sense, we are a product of our environments, but you also have the choice. 
um, to take that shit and accept what these folk telling you, or to say fuck what them folk telling you, like I said, be yourself and move off your own brain and make a better decision for yourself. Like I said, you know, I'm just one of the cases that actually, uh, shit, I, um, I slipped it, you know, I missed it. Everything, you know, I missed the, the, the them jail bars for real, you know, sitting down for, you know, two, three years and shit like that, you know, life's and shit. You know, I missed that shit uh, because I made a, a smart-ass decision and, I, and I, I made it in the right time. And a lot of times, a lot of people time be off and you, you get fucked in that situation. Um, you don't have to be a product of your environment if you get if you get what I'm trying to say. You don't have to be what these folk want you to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It can uh, it can shape you. It can mold you, and it mm-hmm. made me who I am. You know, uh, it made me you know open my eyes to realize you know that everybody not your fucking friend. It made me realize that uh, everybody ain't gonna keep it a buck with you. Uh, it opened my eyes to a lot of shit. It taught me certain things. And I use that in my day-to-day life, but I, you know, I dodged the bullet, and I'm here. And so you can be that motherfucker that dodged that bullet as well, and be in a better position than me, because I ain't, I ain't in the greatest, but I'm straight. You know? You know? And I can respect that. Because at the end of the day, no one person or system gets to dictate who we will become based on where we come from. We are done living in a world that says our environment has more power and control over our outcomes than we do. Our environments don't get to shape us. We get to shape our environment. Ooh, ooh. And that was the end of episode four, Family Structure, Product of Your Environment. And I really want to just thank EA for being here with me today, being super transparent and open about his environment, his background, where he came from, what he saw. And that's what I've been trying to tell y'all. We're going to be super transparent, open, and honest. And anybody that's on this show is going to do the same thing. But EA, please tell these people where they can find you. Man, y'all going to look up L.O.A. Mafia. Capital M A F I A L O A Mafia. I am L O A E A. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can go follow me on IG E A underscore D underscore Teflon Dunn and L O A E A on Facebook, Spotify, L O A Mafia. Y'all understand me? That is what it is. And you know, before I end this, I have to do my feature of the week, which goes to The Right Fit, who also now has two sister companies, which is The Right Juice Truck and The Right Expressions. She not only utilizes apparel to have creative expression and fashion, she now has cultivated a relationship between the community and advocating for food justice programs and healthy eating in her own communities, and now she has the right expressions, which is greeting cards. I mean, come on. This black CEO is doing her thing in San Diego, California. If you want to support, shop her apparel, shop her greeting cards, or even just support by buying a drink for someone else if you don't live in California, you can find her at The Right Fit, which is... W-R-I-T-E. So the right juice truck, the right expressions, and shop the right fit 
all have W-R-I-T-E for write. And her website is www.shoptherightfit.com. And that is the end of episode four. It's been real. It's been great. I hope you heard me, or at least what I was trying to say. It's your girl, She Keep Faith, on Heard You Radio, the podcast. (laughs) 